Hello, welcome to the St. Paul's Podcast, where you'll find talks from our Sunday services. For more information, feel free to check out our website, stpauls.co.uk. Thank you. Hello, nice to see you all. If you don't know me, then I am the youth pastor here. I have the privilege of looking after all these amazing young people. So if there are young people in your world, then I would love to chat to them um, or chat to you about what we do here um, after the service. So I'm actually only going to be speaking for about five minutes. And then I'm really excited to have a panel coming up and joining me. And we're just going to chat through a little, um, some thoughts on authenticity. So our church vision is beautifully up on the wall there. uh, And it says to, well, sorry, it says being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. And that is our vision. We want to be with Jesus. We want to be in his presence. We want to abide in his love And we want to become like him. We want to do what he did. And in youth, we've thought about this a lot. I've said to them many times, who are you becoming? And how do you become more like Jesus? And as a church, we have five values. And tonight, we're looking at authenticity. So uh, we've defined authenticity like this. We want to be humble, vulnerable, and honest to the core. So our actions match our words, our attitudes match our beliefs. And then the verse that we're looking at tonight, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And it's so nice to see so many of you here tonight all spread out. We have such an amazing big church family, and we want our lives to have authentic relationships at its core, where we can be real and vulnerable with each other. So just to get you relaxed and comfortable, uh, I thought I'd let you know that my family, we love this program on Netflix called Is It Cake? Do I have any other Is It Cake fans? Yes, four of you. Surely more than that. Okay, well, now you can all go home and watch Is It Cake? But... To, to just get an idea of it, I've got a clip for you. Hopefully it works. Yes. Four suitcases are traveling around the wall right now. Three contain clothes, but one of them is cake. Let's see if you give Andrew his ticket to $50,000 or not. Your time starts right now. How do you make clothes out of cake? That's what I mean. That's amazing. Amazing. Wow. Exceptional. Okay. I think one is real. Just throwing that out there. One One is real. I feel like two two is fake. Two is fake. Three looks too obvious. Do you think so? I can't tell really at all. Ten seconds. Three is sort of like upwards. I can't do the clothes really. Well, it's not four. That's my underwear. Got it in just under the wire. Sorry. You went with two. Let's see how you did this time, judges. You look like a bomb was about to go off. <laughs> I'm realizing two and three have like the same pattern of clothes now. This one is subconsciously flat like a cake. So I just want to cut it in half and eat it. (laughs) 
Andrew, everything you've worked for throughout this competition comes down to this case and this knife. So here we go, guys. Is it cake? You're four for four, buddy. Andrew, you are one step closer to being our Is It Cake champion. Please come up here and reveal your cake to the judges. I think it's one. I'm not messing with you guys this time. I'm ready to just do it. If it's that one. Or it might be four. But I think it's one. Wow. wow. Okay. So it is four. The one I thought, yeah. Ever the showman. Let's cut into that. Pretty impressive, huh? So, if you like that, it's a little bit cheesy in America, I'm sorry. Um, but we have a lot of fun with that at home, and we shout at the TV a lot and decide whether we think it's cake or not. Um, but the suitcase cake looked so much like a suitcase, and it fooled the judges, and the guy won the money, so good for him. Uh, but it made me think that we can so easily put on the right face, say the right thing, act as if we're all put together, and pretend. And it's too easy. And social media has taken over the digital world, and we're blasted with images of curated lives. We often see the highlights of someone's life, and it's easy to make assumptions that the picture-perfect life that they show is their reality. But don't forget that we're all people. We're all broken. We live, we live messy lives, and times are often difficult for, for everyone. It's just hidden. And being vulnerable and real is not easy. It takes, it takes courage. And uh, Brené Brown, most of you, some of you have heard of her, Brené Brown. She's a famous professor. She's known for her work on shame and vulnerability. There's some TED Talks that she's done. Anyone? Some people, really enthusiastic people. We love Brené Brown. She's amazing. So she shares this quote, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. I love that. So prepping for tonight made me think of that phrase, don't air your dirty laundry in public. And me and Samuel were chatting about what that means. And we live in a culture where people often don't want to hear your struggles and see your brokenness but we can't live life all buttoned up. We do need some relationships where we can be authentic and vulnerable and have courage to go deeper with one another. And my prayer for us as a church is that we can find those relationships here and find authenticity in this space. So I'm in the middle of reading this book, The Return of the Prodigal Son. Anyone read it? Yes, Debbie, yes. Oh, the vicar, hello. Um, so recommend, I am halfway through, but so far so good. And I just wanted to read you this quote. So Henry Nouwen says, For most of my life, I have struggled to find God, to know God, to love God. I have tried hard to follow the guidelines of the spiritual life, pray always, work for others, read the scriptures, and to avoid the many temptations to dissipate myself. I have failed many times, but always tried again, even when I was close to despair. 
Now I wonder whether I have sufficiently realized that during all this time, God has been trying to find me, to know me and to love me. The question is not how am I to find God, but how am I to let myself be found by him? The question is not how am I to know God, but how am I to let myself be known by God? And finally, the question is not how am I to love God, but how am I to let myself be loved by God? God is looking into the distance for me, trying to find me and longing to bring me home. And I just love that quote. I love how he shifts the perspective from us, from ourselves to God. And it makes me think about how authentic I am in my relationship with Jesus. Do I allow myself to be truly found by him? Do I give him all of who I am? And it encourages me to be real with Jesus to allow him to sit next to me when I'm struggling, not to keep him at a distance, to share my fears and my disappointments and know I'm still loved and accepted. For me, it's from that place of being open with Jesus that I can then be authentic with others and respond with love when others are vulnerable and open with me. We're so blessed to have a big church family, as I said, and we're loved by a compassionate Father God. And we can rest in him, knowing his grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in our weakness. We don't have to have it all together. And Tim Keller, some of you, maybe none of you will wave at me. Hopefully some of you will wave at me. Tim Keller was an amazing teacher and author, and he passed away a few days ago. And this is a quote of his that I love as well. It says, to be loved but not known is superficial. To be known but not loved is our nightmare. Only Jesus knows us to the bottom and loves us to the sky. I want to read that again. To be loved but not known is superficial. To be known but not loved is our nightmare. Only Jesus knows us to the bottom and loves us to the sky. We are known by our saviour and he loves us with no strings attached. There is freedom to be found in Jesus. And as followers of him, look to be with him and become like him. We too can love others well when we're authentic. And when that picture of authenticity isn't the finished article, we haven't arrived, we aren't the final masterpiece, but we're daily being transformed by the Holy Spirit. So I hope you're encouraged by that very short thought. I just want to give enough time for the amazing panel. So guys, if you would like to join me, avec your chairs, that would be fabulous. Um, we have Josh in youth. Whoop, whoop. Come on. Come on, guys. Yeah. Um, we have Karis, also on my team, and one of the lovely young adults. Josh. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Josh Marshall, so I've actually known Josh for a long time, but normally Josh is hidden at the back, so oh, we're going to pop you up on there so that everyone can see you wonderfully. Thank you. If you want to come along a tiny bit, it's fine. We're good. Um, so yeah, Josh is normally hidden at the back, so I'm very excited that he gets to be on the platform tonight. And lovely Sarah Goodman, who many of us know and love. So um, I'm going to come down here. This feels strange. Great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys.
Amazing. Um, so I'm going to embarrass Karis, but she wanted me to start off with some fun random questions. <laughs> uh, so I haven't told them this, so this is real authenticity unplanned, okay? So if you were a type of bread, <laughs> yeah, I know, what kind of bread would you be and why? You can guess where her thinking was. Sourdough. Sourdough? You kind of... <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, you have to say that. Is this for to... It's got you holes to... in the middle. What's that? It's got holes in the middle. It's got holes in the middle. Oh, I like that. That's good. I feel like it's cheating because I came up with the question. Um, I would be a ciabatta. Why would you be a ciabatta? Um, because it's my favourite type of bread. It's nice and soft and squishy. Nice. Like versatile. You can use it in lots of different ways. It's good. I like a ciabatta. Josh and Josh? I would say I'm more of a white bread because actually it's just plain and it's unadorned and it's not, you know, anything special. Nothing fancy but a necessity. White bread. We love white bread. White bread is a treat in our house. Sorry. Josh. What a question. I know. Um, trying to come up with something funny, but it's not really working. Um, I'll go over tiger loaf, because they're a little bit rough and ready on the edges, but there's a soft innard. Nice. I love this. Right. It hasn't ended. We're, we're going to do another one. If you were a musical instrument, what musical instrument would you be? Thanks, Karis. <laughs> When I listen to these questions back, I think, what was I thinking when I said these? Um, I would be a guitar, because I feel like a guitar is quite essential. You can have a good moment with just a guitar, um, but also you can use it as part of a whole band. Slovo, be a guitar. Essential. I'd say I'm more of a drum kit, because a drum kit is always there. It's always at the back. It's mainly supporting and providing it, the rhythm and stuff. Very nice. I love that. I'll go first. Um, I was thinking on the same lines. I'm probably a bass guitar, usually at the back, usually just playing the rhythm, keeping the whole thing going. No one really notices me, but occasionally I make a loud noise. So. <laughs> um, I think a piano. Um, I think highs and lows and loud and soft. Nice. See, these are good questions. Do we like them? I think these are good answers. Yeah, clap, for sure. Right, should we do one more? No? <laughs> what do they want? Yes, there's nods. Okay, um, I've got a choice of two. Type of cutlery. I'm sorry. The other one was a type of shoe. Type of cutlery. I mean, you're kind of limited, but... I'm happy to go first on this one. I would definitely be a fork. Um, I like a fork. A fork is my favourite piece of cutlery. And you can use it for everything. Um, you can eat a meal with just a fork. Um, you can use it as a knife. Can you eat soup with fork? Um, you could eat soup by just drinking it. So <laughs> oh, don't really need any cutlery. I see. A fork. It's good. I should, have, I should have stopped. I shouldn't have asked this one. Steak knife. <laughs> I like to cut through the nonsense. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll go That's with that. That's great. I like this answer. 
Um, a spoon, um, because I want to spoon... Well, the analogy doesn't quite work. <laughs> um, I like getting to the bottom of things and like doing new Skin. things. It's good, I like that. Well, I would say I'm a cake fork, because it comes out when nice treats are around, and it kind of reminds... Yeah. That is lovely. That is the best answer. Thank you. All right, let's get stuck in, shall we? Uh, so can some of you answer what is authenticity to you? So for me, I think it's being real. I think it's not being fake because I think at this moment in time in the world, there's not a lot of authenticity out there. So it means that fake is really easy to spot. And I'd say young people are actually some of the best at spotting fake. So for me, it's yeah, being real in your everyday, and I think it really stands out. I'd also say that you can often lose your credibility very quickly if you're not authentic, and you're, you know, a lot of things are based on lies. So you know, if, you, if your friendships are based on lies and there's no solid foundation, they can often crumble away. Whereas if you're built on authenticity and truths, your friendships will often survive and be long-lasting. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's always easy to lie about stuff. I know I'm guilty of it. I know most of you probably are as well. But it's actually how willing we are to be real to our friends, to our family, to ch our church friends, school friends, work friends. It's just anyone about faith, about personal situation. It's always better than lying to tell the truth. Um, this morning, I, were, I hoovered the house because we had people coming for lunch, but then I noticed there was some dirt by a rug, and so I lifted up the rug and pushed the dirt underneath, um, and it made me think about um, what we're talking about because the mess went under the rug, and I feel that often the mess, um, we cover up the mess in our lives, um, and... Um, that's not what God wants to, us to do, um, and it's not helpful in our relationships. Um, and actually, authenticity for me is about my relationship with God more than, as much as my relationship with other people. Because when I'm, I feel that I'm when I'm authentic with God, then I've got the capacity to be authentic with other people, um, and. God wants us to bring everything to him. Um, he wants us to have open hearts. So when there's pain and hurt and sadness and loss, then we can bring that to God. Um, and that's being authentic with him. Um, and that's when he can bring freedom. He can bring um, forgiveness. He can bring um, wholeness into our lives. And it's the same when we are authentic with other people about those things as well. Then we can help each other to find God and to find um, a way through. Um, and sometimes we just have to stand with each other. Not, we can't solve each other's problems, but just to stand. And sometimes I think our reaction to other people is, is, is import, as important as us being open with other people. So, yeah, being real, being yeah. consistent, being honest. Amazing. Thank you. Um, so you've all sort of shared what you think about authenticity. 
Um, how are you authentic with people who don't have faith? Um, I think it's something I find really hard. Um, and I was having a conversation with some of the youth recently where I was saying, actually, I'm not great at this. And that was kind of me being real with them. Um, I think a lot of people I work with probably don't actually know that I'm a Christian, despite the fact that I work in, in quite a Christian setting. And so I'm, I really, really try to be honest with them about what I'm doing at the weekends. So when they're saying kind of, oh, like I went out last night and I did this, I'm like, oh, uh, I was with the youth last night and we had a great time doing this. And sometimes it still misses them, but I'm just trying to be honest um, with what I'm doing. Um, but also saying things like, oh, do you know, we were talking about honesty last night at church and it made me realize that when I said that to you the other day I wasn't actually being honest so I'm really sorry and it's kind of just being raw with them and being honest and just saying actually yeah I go to church and kind of saying it like it's a normal thing and talking to them like that um, but also I, I went away with some friends recently and um, we were just having a conversation about life and I was just I don't even know how it came up, and we just started talking about life decisions, and then one of them was like, well, why, why do you do things differently to us? Why have you not chosen to do this? Why are you not joining in with that? And I was like, well, just because I've chosen to live my life differently, and I believe, um, I believe in God, and I um, choose to live my life in the way that the Bible um, leads us to. I'm trying to be like Jesus, basically. Um, and they both grew up Christians, so they kind of knew where I was coming from, but being able to talk that through with them kind of shocked them, and then I was able to, yeah, be really real with them and explain to them from my point of view why my life is a little bit different sometimes to theirs. Hmm. Probably a little bit similar to Karis's one, I'm, but maybe slightly more intentional. Um, I go visit a lot of people, a lot of clients for my work, and I'll often say to someone, how was your weekend? What did you do? Because I fully well know that they then actually have to ask me, what did you do at the weekend? <laughs> so that opens up a conversation that then says, well, I was at church. So my experience, at first I never used to do this because it can be hard to open up. But my, my reaction is usually to say, well, I was at church and you know, we spoke about this, X, Y, Z. And my experience is most people turn around and go, oh, I didn't know you went to church. Well, that's okay, you know. I'm a Muslim, I go to the mosque, I, you know, whatever it may be. People have got so many different faiths, opinions. Actually, people are quite accepting these days, I've found, in my experience. Um, another example would be, as Amanda said earlier on, I'm often behind the tech sort of desk. Um, another part of my work is doing that sort of thing. Um, on the weekends, I work for a gymnastics scoring company. Ask me about it later. But it means... <laughs> We, I do IT stuff, I'm behind the scenes. People say, where do you learn this? Well, I learned it from church, which also opens up another conversation. So I try to be as open with people as I can about what I've done in church and just speak to people about it because most people are interested more than anything. So, yeah, I'm obviously still at school um, and obviously at school, some people are quite judgmental and it can be very difficult to open up um, about sharing about faith. But I found that talking to one of my close friends they've actually become quite interested in what I've saying and what I've been saying and we've had a few more in-depth conversations they do still go they do go to church sometimes but that's mainly due to Christmas and Easter but they so they don't call themselves a Christian necessarily 
but it's been nice sharing it with them. But obviously then it can be difficult to think, actually, do I want to be known for this at school? But, and obviously at work and other places that you might find yourself. But it was always best to open up as much as possible. Okay, so I mentioned the verse in 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. How does that verse shape how you guys see your weaknesses? This verse has made me see that my weaknesses are nothing to be ashamed of especially during my A-levels. There's been some ups and downs, some really high highs, but then some really low lows where I've been quite disappointed with the grades I've got in an exam or how I've conducted myself in the lesson or with friends or just in general. So this verse has shown me that actually with God, nothing is bad and actually he makes my weaknesses stronger in the future. That's great. Yeah, this verse has been a really pivotal verse for me for a number of years, actually. And um, I love it because it says, my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I think, particularly in the last few years in Malawi, where um, Mark and I have often felt overwhelmed with the need there and not really, and feeling very helpless I'm very weak in terms of what we can do ourselves, then actually this verse has just been um, just something that I've constantly prayed over myself almost, that yes, Lord, your grace is sufficient and your power is made perfect in my weakness. So it's not about me, it's about him. Um, and, and yeah, so we, so in, and in through that, um, we've just seen ama- him work amazingly and seen his power at work, um, but only because it's not about me. <laughs> um, it's about Jesus and, and his power and his grace. So, yeah, love the verse. Yeah, it made me realize that being a Christian isn't about being perfect. Um, it's about engaging in an honest process of just becoming more like Jesus and and we make mistakes and we don't need to pretend that we're perfect but when we mess up when I mess up when I make mistakes I just need to admit it and I need to try and get back into step with God um his grace is enough to cover my mistakes and um to make me strong so me being a work in progress isn't a bad thing that actually um, I'm steeped in a love that allows me to be whole and to be complete. And that's where my authenticity comes from. Like, that's what I need to base myself in. And so actually making mistakes isn't a bad thing. And I don't need to be upset about that. And I don't need to be worried about getting things wrong. Yeah, I, I think you guys have summed it all up really well. But I, I think... None of us are perfect. That's the reality. None of us are perfect. We all have weaknesses. No, not one of us can do everything. So with that knowledge, it's a lot easier to be okay with, I'm actually not great at this. For me, it's cooking. 
I'm good at barbecue and I'm good at cooking steak. You might have noticed by the steak reference earlier. Um, an example of this is trying to make some paella with my girlfriend. She was like, it's really easy, you know, rice, water, some other stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Absolutely fine, you know. Spent 10 minutes getting the stuff, chopping peppers, whatever else. And then it came to, see, this shows it. I don't even know what I'm doing. But I was like, okay, water in the thing. When do I transfer to the pan with all the other stuff? And I was just standing there looking at the pan for five, ten minutes, thinking, what am I doing? Eventually, I realized this is not my skill set. Let me go ask my girlfriend. So she came in, what are you doing? What are you playing at? It goes like this, dum, dum, dum. And I'm like, okay, this is not my thing. And I think it's accepting that. I know I'm not a good cook. I never will be unless I practice. So sometimes the other thing to say is practice your weaknesses. If you know you've got something you really struggle at, practice it. Give it a go. Try it. What can you lose? You know, you can't lose. Give it a go. Yeah, that's amazing. Was that everyone on that question? No, go for it. Go for it. Are you all right? Do you move on? Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, okay, so uh, le heading into the last question now. Um, how do you think we as a church can be more authentic in our relationships? Um, I was just, when uh, Josh was talking, I was thinking um, better together. And I think we're better when we're together. Um, and it's, it, also when I was praying before, I was thinking about when, when we're in, when everything's secret within us, um, the devil can have a real go at us. And he's real. But when we bring things into the light then that's when Jesus um, can come in and we need to be in the light. Um, I was leaving the church earlier in the week um, and somebody walked by and just said, and I said, oh, hi, how are you? And she said, fine, thank you, and I was about to leave. And then she said, actually, I'm not. Can we talk? And so 10 minutes we chatted um, and we prayed. I didn't have the solution because there was no solution, but I was able to just stand with her um, and pray with her and just be together. And actually that built my faith and I hope it also helped her as well. So I think rather than just say, we're fine, we can just say, well, what's really going on in our hearts to each other? Yeah. Um on the younger weekend away, like the younger youth weekend away recently, I was real with the group that I was with um, because they were sharing with me and they were saying um, like the things that they were struggling with and the things that they've struggled with. And I said, well, actually, do you know what? Me too. Like, those are things I struggle with too. And like, I think it's safe to say they were probably a little bit shocked and they were a little bit like, come on, shouldn't you have this all sorted? You're here to talk to us about this. Like you're meant to know what's going on. And I was like, I don't. And... I think it's so easy to look at people who you see kind of like as ahead of you in church, the people that are up here that are talking, that you look at them and you think they've got it together, they know what they're doing, oh, they're so much better than me, they, they really, they must like remember to read the Bible and pray every day and everything's always going right for them and they're always, um, every time something goes wrong, they take it straight to the Lord and actually they, they probably don't sometimes. Like 
youth for us, definitely, as youth team, we don't always get it right. And we come together before we meet you and we're like, do you know what? We're not getting it right today. We're having a really bad day. And we come together and we pray together and we're just real with each other. So I think just be real with each other. We're like Sarah was saying, if something's going wrong, don't just say, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. But actually find someone in the church that you can go to and say, can you just pray with me? This is all going wrong. I can't handle this. Life just seems like too much at the moment. Or do you know what? Like, I, just, I just feel like I'm not quite there. I feel like there's just a couple of things I'm missing out on. And just be honest with people. Um, and don't be afraid of what other people think. If we're all authentic, we all know that we all make mistakes. Don't expect everyone else to be perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. So like, just be honest with each other um, and be real with each other and encourage one another in that. Pray for one another. That's awesome. Yeah, something my dad always said to me was, your word is your bond. And... I think it's very easy to have a throwaway comment of, oh, I'll be there for you, or I'll hang out with you, or I'll help you. But actually, to stand by that and do it, that, that means a lot to a lot of people. And when you don't, actually, that means also a lot, because people realize that you weren't being authentic in what you said. So I think carry out what you say you'll do is a big thing. I also think, kind of on the flip side of what you guys have spoke about, when, you know, if you say to someone, how are you? And they say, you know, I'm having a tough time or whatever. There's the flip side of that. Say when you're having a really good time. Because actually it can be an encouragement to people. I know over the last couple of weeks there's been, we had a talk on encouragement. Mm -hmm. And actually we need to hear each other having a good time. Because life would be a bit boring if no one had any good stories. So I think encourage, you know, talk to each other, spur each other on give someone a pat on the back and say, well done. You know, it means a lot. Yeah, I think we need to be a bit more, we can all be a bit more transparent with God. He's, he knows everything we're thinking anyway, but sometimes just saying it out loud before you go to bed or whenever you have a moment to yourself can really help yourself digest the problems that you have out loud. And also could maybe, if someone else might be in the room with you, if you hear that, if they hear that you sort of talking to yourself and think, oh, is that, that guy all right? Then maybe that can also help you as well. And then you, that was spark a conversation. Amazing. Thank you guys so, so much for your honesty and for sharing your encouragements. Um, should we just give them a round of applause?